Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. When you imagine a classic Christmas, you might think of things like Christmas trees, Santa Claus, and twinkling lights. While some traditions are descended from more ancient practices, Christmas as we know it here in the United States is pretty much a product of the 19th century. The 1800s were a time of remarkable change in the Western world, including the birth of many holiday customs. For a long time before the mid-1800s, people in England, and by extension the United States, barely celebrated Christmas at all. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Dr. Bruce David Forbes, Professor Emeritus of Religious Studies at Morningside University in Sioux City, Iowa. He said, The Puritans opposed Christmas. They thought it was a Catholic thing and that people were partying too much. Even though the Puritan Revolution was in the 1600s and didn't last very long, The discouragement of Christmas lasted like a century and a half. It's kind of like Christmas disappeared. However, beginning around the middle of the 1800s, forces began gathering around the holiday. We've already talked on the show about how gardening trends and successful marketing during that time made the poinsettia, a Mexican winter plant, an intercontinental phenomenon. But let's talk about another plant mainstay, the Christmas tree. It turns out we may have that largely thanks to the young and fashionable British royal family of the mid-1800s, headed by Queen Victoria and her husband, Prince Albert. Forbes explained, The Christmas tree we usually credit with starting in Germany. It comes to England because Victoria is of the House of Hanover, and that's German. Prince Albert is German. In 1848, London newspapers published a photo of Victoria and Albert, along with several of their children, gathered around a decorated Christmas tree on a table. In England, and soon thereafter in America, families everywhere began putting up their own Christmas trees. Forbes said, It took off immediately, 
In that image of Victoria and Albert, their Christmas tree is on a table, and the presents are hanging from the tree or on the table. As the presents get more and more crazy, of course, then we're going to need the bigger Christmas tree. And now we have floor-to-ceiling trees in our houses. And then there's Santa. While St. Nicholas was probably a real person, uh, celebrated in certain religious circles for centuries, it was the 19th century that transformed him into Santa Claus. Forbes said, With St. Nicholas, we don't know what's legend and what's historical. He supposedly lived in the 300s in what's now Turkey, and he was a bishop. Nicholas had a reputation for generosity and was canonized. Forbes said, After that, he kind of becomes the protector of everybody. He's like a guardian angel. His saint's day is December 6th, so it's not Christmas, but it's in that season leading up to Christmas. St. Nicholas was especially popular in the Netherlands, where he's known as Sinterklaas. It was the Dutch who imported him to the Americas. Forbes said, Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, Quakers, all those people did not do Christmas in early America. It was not a huge cultural thing. But in New York, at the time New Amsterdam, the Dutch continue these traditions. That's how St. Nicholas gets his toe in the door. And the Dutch term Sinterklaas gets angelicized to Santa Claus. St. Nicholas's transformation to the modern Santa comes partially courtesy of writers like Clement Moore, who published A Visit from St. Nicholas, perhaps better known as Twas the Night Before Christmas, in 1823, and Washington Irving, who wrote a number of essays celebrating old English holiday festivities and the Christmas spirit. These works introduced St. Nicholas to a wider audience. And then, Santa morphed from a jolly old elf with a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer to the figure with a fur-lined coat, a bushy white beard, and rosy cheeks, thanks to a political cartoon from 1862. Inspired by tales of St. Nicholas and folk art of elves from his native Germany, cartoonist Thomas Nast published the image of Santa bringing good cheer and warm socks, among other gifts, to Union soldiers on the title page of Harper's Weekly. Meanwhile, electric Christmas lights didn't become common in American households until the 1930s, but like so many other Christmas traditions, they were born in the 1800s. In 1871, businessman Edward Hibbard Johnson hired a young inventor named Thomas Edison at the Automatic Telegraph Company. When Edison left to form his own company, Johnson went with him. Edison famously patented the electric light bulb in 1880 and Johnson invested some of his own money to start the Edison Lamp Company. Meanwhile, Christmas was candlelit, and that gave Johnson a great idea. He wired together 80 multicolor Edison bulbs and wrapped them on a Christmas tree. The decoration got a lot of press, though they were still too expensive for most people to afford for another few decades. But okay, there is one more part of the traditional Christmas season that we haven't discussed yet. Commercialism. Okay, in 1843, English writer Charles Dickens published a story that would cement a particular form of Christmas cheer, or should we say spirit, in pop culture forever. In A Christmas Carol, grouchy businessman Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by four ghosts. Marley counts, literally, it's what he does too much of, anyway, uh, and Scrooge winds up learning a lesson in humanity. But long before A Christmas Carol was a December mainstay of local theaters and singing Muppets alike, 
Dickens was, in his own time, wildly popular. Uh, Forbes said he was a rock star. He toured the United States and people lined up for tickets. Businesses that were open on Christmas Day saw themselves represented by Scrooge's attitude. Forbes said businesses recalculate. They're thinking about it and saying, oh, Christmas doesn't just equal lost business. There are business possibilities here. Businesses embraced the holiday, and suddenly it was commercialized. Perhaps an ironic result for a story about the true meaning of Christmas. Thanks, 19th century. Today's episode is based on the article, How the 19th Century Invented Modern Christmas, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Kate Morgan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work.